I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses. Hello. Hello. Are you doing all right? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Another hot day. Yeah, a little. Yeah, a hot day here in Georgia too. So yeah. <laughs> I feel that. Yeah, okay. I'm familiar with Texas weather too. So yeah, right. Yeah, uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, want to welcome everybody to episode 36 of Levi's U Sports Talk. And today we have somebody that was went to Texas A&M, 2003 graduate, uh, four-year softball player there, four-year starter. Now she's the head coach at Pace Academy in Atlanta, Georgia, and the 10U Vipers, Atlanta Vipers. I want to welcome Selena Collins Patterson to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so um, at first we want to, you know, just start off where you want to talk about your upbringing and, you know, how, how did you get into softball or what sports, other sports did you play growing up? Sure. Yeah, I, um, I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona, and so that's where I was born and raised. And um, I uh, kind of grew up, I have an older sister, her and I are 15 months apart. So we grew up together playing, you know, sports through, um, you know, elementary school, middle school, up and through high school. So, and then I have a younger brother um, who is uh, two years younger than me. And so we had kind of all just kept each other company and we were just a sports sports family. Um, my mom was a tennis player in college and my dad played uh, football in college at Northern Arizona University. And so, um, so it was kind of like, you know, I just, I grew up, I did everything. I played everything. So, um, but as I got into middle school, um, I played mainly volleyball, basketball, and softball. And so those were my sports as I went through middle school and high school. Um, and, and, uh, I played travel, I played club volleyball. Um, but I ended up tearing my ACL when I was in, um, when I was my sophomore year in high school in basketball. And so, um, I had, I was a catcher and so I continued playing while I was out for, you know, it was that like 18 months or something yeah, like that, yeah. um, that I had. And at that time it wasn't like an arthroscopic, like, no, they like cut my knee, you know, so you're healing <laughs> from an actual, you know, like not yeah, to date different. myself or anything, but it was like legit, <laughs> like a hardcore, you know, surgery. So um, I had to take that year off from, from softball and from, um, from basketball. And then I, uh, rehabbed and continued to play travel softball. And, um, and then my junior year I was recruited. So I took my five college visit visits for softball. Um, and I ended up loving A&M and that's kind of, uh, you know, how I made my choice there. Um, and then what happened was a quick story was that I, my senior year after I'd gotten, you know, my scholarship, I decided to go back and play volleyball since I had my scholarship and, you know, I had taken time off from volleyball so I could really focus on softball to earn a scholarship. And, um, I was playing in a game and as I came down, I tore my other ACL. Oh. And so I, yeah, so I was devastated. I was devastated because I wasn't, you know, I didn't think I would be able to keep my scholarship. 
And before I could even call my coach uh, at the time, Joe Evans, before I could even call her, someone had already called her and told her. So I was just, so she calls me and was like, Hey, I heard that, you know, you tore your ACL. And so I was, I was upset. I thought that I wasn't going to be able to keep my scholarship. And so, um, you know, but she had told me that, you know, well, I know that you've done this before. And because, because I know you've been through this before, you know, I'm going to honor your scholarship, but you know, I need you to make sure that you're ready to go, you know, come fall of your freshman year. So, I mean, I worked hard. I had to work really, really hard um, to be able to get, you know, to get back in time to play uh, for my fall season, my freshman year. And I was able to, it was probably the hardest thing I'd ever had to do. And, um, but I, luckily I was able to, you know, get healthy and, um, and be able to report, you know, my freshman year in, in college. So just a little back, a little backstory. <laughs> right. I mean, just, you know, how was your, you know, after the, you know, you got the first one, then you got the second one. Yeah. ACL. Yeah. Like, how did you keep the mental game? Cause you know, back then it was, yep. you couldn't really speak on how, mental your mental was everybody right. probably call you weak and you know this yep. and that so you had to really fight through it like how did you yeah. keep your mental game strong going through all of that I, well i think that's the hardest part is you know is the hardest one was my second one just because i knew what i was going to have to do to get back because the first one you don't know you don't know like you know like you're injured and hurts and you know you have this rehab but you don't know how painful it really is and so the second one was extremely hard because um you know i knew what it was going to take but what kept my mental was that i knew what i was fighting for like i knew what i wanted i knew that i had to get there and i knew what it was going to take to get there because i had goals and you know like i and my parents have all were just always like hey you want something you fight for it you, i mean i just had a really good support system which i'm really blessed to have had is you know a solid foundation with my family and then i had siblings that were able, that were willing to work with me to help me um to achieve my goal to 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 get there and so i think that that's kind of what was my foundation was my dad was tough he was a police officer for many years and so um he really instilled that work ethic and um that like never back down type of attitude and and mentality and so um and my mom was always like be a gracious winner and you know go out there work for what you want and um, at the end of the day, as long as you gave your best effort, like then you've done all that you can do. And so just having that foundation is kind of what has established, um, established my grounding and my mental game. And, and that's how I am now to this day. It's, I'm very into the mental game. And I think, I think it's because of that and what I went through and endured to achieve my goals. Right. So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's real. That's good, you know, that you're able to go through that because now if you have, you know, players that you coach in the younger younger age levels, if they have that problem, you know, you can let them know you, this is the process. I'm pretty sure it's a lot easier now, maybe. I, I don't really know, but with the technology and everything now, I'm pretty sure it won't be the same process. So, so being uh, from, from the West Coast, um, like, how did A&M get into – to the factor, you know, because I'm pretty sure yeah. you had you had other other West Coast schools and, and being 
close with them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, to be honest, I was the kid that I just never thought I was going to go away from home. Like I just was for sure I was going to stay close. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, what happened was just, I play travel ball. So I had gotten seen from different colleges and, um, and then I had the opportunity and, and a lot of things had changed from when I came up, you know, it's kind of, it's back actually now to how it was when I was growing up in terms of the recruiting process, but we were able to take our five visits. And so, you know, I got to actually see, um, what else was out there and, um, what kind of what kind of environment I wanted to be in and where I felt like if I was going to go away from home, one of those things where my coach saw me and uh, she did a house visit and then asked us to ask me to come out for an official visit. And uh, once I did that, it was just I just knew that this was and, and they say that like that. I remember at the time they say, like, when you know, you know, like when you go to the school and you visit and you do all the things like, you'll know, like, you'll get this feeling. And so um, I was nervous because this was my first, this is my fifth visit. And so I was like, well, I haven't felt the feeling. Like, what if I don't feel it? Like, what do I do? You know? And, um, but it was the best decision I've ever made. It really, really was. I was blessed to have a coach that stayed there that entire time that I was there and well after. Um, and so I just had that. She took me under her wing and she really helped me to be a leader and, um, you know, kind of learn to be without my support system, which was my family. And, um, you know, but I also was blessed enough for them to be, be able to come out uh, and watch me play. And my coach made sure that we played West Coast so my parents can see us, you know, see me play while I was there. And um, so it was it was hard, but uh, best decision I've ever made. Right. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah, my wife, t- my wife, she went to A&M. And oh, sweet. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. You know, that y'all. And <laughs> so when I, when I told her about this, this, and she was like, oh my gosh. You know, that's awesome. That. Yeah. Yes. That's what she said. You know, she, she said it. when she went on her visit that she just knew like that was yes. the spot for her. So, um, okay. you know, be- going through what you went through and being a catcher, and catcher yeah. to me, I look at catchers as it's like super women, them and pitchers, <laughs> because you know, all of the other the positions is you need those positions. But yeah. like to me, like I never really played the sport. So I look at catchers, me personally, as super women because yeah. all of the squats up and down, all the stuff right. you have to wear. <laughs> and then you gotta think about all the games they play in the heat. Like yeah. how was your work ethic, you know, after going through your injuries and then and to make sure you're still able to perform once you get to college. Yeah, it was hard. I mean, I don't know. Like, but I just <laughs> loved the position. Like, I just loved it. Like, I loved being in every play. I loved the leadership that I got to project. I loved that, like, the pressure that they depended on me, but it wasn't like all eyes were on me. So I knew that if I didn't do my job, then my pitchers didn't look good. And I knew that if I didn't do my job, that, you know, runs could score and all those things. But I also knew that, but I also loved that. Like I just lived for it. And I just loved being able to go out there and talk to my pitchers. And it was just something I just really took pride in. And I remember even playing travel ball. We played Colorado sparklers, hot, hot. I mean, it gets the, Gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to read off a few things 
and then you can tell me like what those things meant to you it it's a lot you know so you just bear just bear with me <laughs> yeah. so you got captain of the soft Aggie softball team four years a starter from 2000 2003 named the AM female year earned all american honors big 12 conference player of the year big 12 first team all conference honors for four seasons ncaa midwest all region honors and finished your college career at texas texas a&m all-time leader in rbi and home runs what does all of those accomplishments mean to you? Um, honestly, it's just, it's not, it's, I'm, I'm proud. And, um, you know, because I know the work that it took to get there. But to be honest, until somebody reads it to me, um, I forget that that. And so I'm proud of it. I, I, it was something that I was striving for. It was just one of those things where I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make sure I get here early. I'm going to stay late. I'm going to, you know, make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, um, and leading my team and, um, that I'm being a leader and, and that I'm doing my part. And, um, at the end of the day, like those are the accolades I attained. Um, but, it's not anything that I was striving for. And so when I look back on my, I'm proud of it, you know, I'm proud of it because I worked for it. And I know that like, it was just, I, I had to work for it. And, um, you know, coming up, I was one of very few black catchers. And so um, to come through and be able to do the things that I did, I'm, I'm really proud of it. And so, um, but again, it's something I have to look back and either somebody reads it to, to me or <laughs> I have to look back. Again, you know, um, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, while all of that stuff was going on, you was also a member of the USA national team. Just talk about playing for the national team, you know. Not many yeah. people can say they played for the USA national team. So just, yeah. just speak on that. It was fun. I mean, it was um, one of those things. And I remember when my coach, you know, called me in her office and told me that um, I had gotten an invite to the, to the USA trials in, in Chula Vista. And um, I, I was really nervous. You know, I was nervous. I um, knew that I was prepared, but I was still nervous because I was going in with the best of the best and I had to compete for it. And so, but I also knew that's what I, that's what I really thrived on was, um, the pressure. And so when I went, I just had really good camps. Like I just went in there and I did my thing and, um, you know, and then I've met some of my best friends that are still my friends to this day. So my best friends from playing on the USA national team, um, I got to play with the best of the best. I got to play against the best of the best, and they all became my friends. And so, um, it's a it was a memorable experience and something that, um, again, I'm proud of. But more than anything, 
um, I'm proud of the the friendships that I made when I walked when when that was all done. Um, we all look back and you know think about our time playing together and and it's fun because again we all know like we play we all played in, at different colleges so and then to come together and play on the USA team was um, it was it was a a time in my life that I I won't forget for sure. Mm-hmm. And and then you play professional and then um professional so um how how did you how did that go about if you going to speak about your little, your professional career yeah so the um it really was in its infancy and it's actually the inaugural year was year 2004 and so that was the year after i had finished college in 2003 and then i was a ga for a little bit and then um 2004 was when they had they had first started the npf the national pro fast pitch and um i was originally drafted to play in colorado the colorado team and the end of the summer's coming and we're about to you know transition out and all of a sudden the owner backs out so you know again this is like grassroots like they're trying to get this going for for women and um back out so i'm like oh well great now i don't have a team well like literally then that day that as soon as that folds that day the Houston uh, team, the Houston Thunder team calls and says, hey, we'd like you to come over here. So I was already there. So I was like, mm-hmm. sweet. So <laughs> I ended up, yeah, so I ended up playing with the Houston Thunder and I played with like uh, Krista Williams, who was a UCLA player. She also pitcher. She also played for the USA Olympic team. I played with Marissa Young, who is the head coach at Duke. Um, I played with... Um, I mean, I played with so many players that Kristen Zaleski, who is uh, the assistant coach over at um, University of Texas, um, I just played with so many players that are either now still somehow a part of the game um, through coaching or um, which is just so exciting. You know, it's just something that is you look back and it's like, okay, like that was our legacy and we, we were able to start that and you know through the years it's kind of continued on so then I after my year in Houston I went on and I got picked up by um, Chicago Bandits and so um, I played with you know I caught Jenny Finch I I played with Lauren Bay who played with the uh, Olympic Canadian team Um, you know Lindsay Chouinard who also you know played at um, um, I'm drawing a blank for a second I don't know why I'm drawing a blank but um, (laughs) just a lot of player DePaul I'm sorry DePaul Mm -hmm. um and you know I was coached by Eugene Lenti and Mickey Dean who are now the you know the coaches over at Auburn and so um to see you know it's just it was such a cool experience and then getting to play with the best of the best too from different colleges and against them um was just really a fun experience and um uh you know after I played those two years I you know decided to to be done with my professional career but um, it was really a fun time in my life too. When I look back and just the experiences that I had got to experience and the people that I got to play for and pitchers that I got to catch. Um, it was really it's such a cool opportunity and, um, an experience again, that, that I'll never forget. And I forget a lot of things and those that I will not forget. So. <laughs> I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't forget it either. <laughs> You know, and then then you got into the coaching. So you you coach yeah. here, actually here in San Antonio at, at Trinity yeah. University. Yep, uh, yep. 
and then assistant coach at Sam Houston. Like, how how was that um, going from you know playing professional and then going into coaching? Um, it was really hard, you know, because when I first started out at Sam Houston, I mean, I was still very young. I mean, I was coming right, I mean, pretty much right after my professional career. And so um, I was just very, still very hard nosed and I didn't have a lot of wiggle room. It was like black and white for me. And it was like, you do it my way. And it's, it was a hard transition for me because I didn't know any other way. Like I knew how to lead. I knew how to um, be on the field, but I hadn't yet developed my coaching style. So my philosophy was different just because I was a player. And so while I'm like gaining things from the player side, it's different on the other side of the line. And so trying to figure out what that was, um, my first two years at Sam Houston as assistant coach was a little bit tough. Um, and I had players that really responded to me. And then I had some players that because I wasn't that far off from their age, I mean, I was, I was still a good 10 years older, but like, you know, it was still to the point where, you know, I might've been too tough, you know? And so, um, I didn't, but I didn't, I didn't know that healthy balance yet. And then, you know, I move on to Trinity and I'm learning. Right. So I've had two years at Sam Houston and now I've learned, like I'm starting to learn, like, you know, how can I have a good balance of, I can be tough, but I can be fair. And so, but I'm still highly competitive and going to a division three program. I had to learn, okay, what are my, what are my expectations and are they attainable? Are they too hard? But I don't know any other way. So I don't know <laughs> how to lower my bar, you know? And so it's like you rise or you don't. And so that's just kind of the mentality that I've carried. And that's probably the philosophy that I, I hold true to and that I've always held true to. It's just, here's my standard and I need you to rise. And so, um, but as I've gone on, I've, learned how to teach them how to rise. And so it's taking me some time to get there. Um, but when I got to Trinity, I was slowly learning how to do that. And so I had really great parents and really good players. And I had, I have, a, I have really great memories at Trinity. I loved being there. Um, and I probably would, who knows, I'd probably still be there if I didn't get married and have children and decide <laughs> to move to Georgia. Like <laughs> if my life didn't alter that way, but um, yeah, no, I really did love being at Trinity and the, and I'm still, I mean, and nothing's better than when a player invites you to their wedding. And so I've had, you know, th two players that I coached um, invite me to their weddings and it's just, you know, when they do that, you know, that you've touched them um, beyond the playing field. And so for me, that's everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's 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 good. I know I, I have a few. I had a few people on here, and and they tell me that too. Like the players that they coached when they was younger, that getting invited to birthday parties and weddings, yeah, and, and things like that. Yeah. So now that's you know, and speak on you know you you kind of said you know got married and moved to Georgia. Yeah. And say you know you married to a former MLB player. Yeah. Speak on speak on that. Yeah, so um, we met when I was actually playing in Chicago. And so we have like a mutual friend and she, my our friend was just like, you guys got to meet. And so 
um, he had seen me play and I, I didn't follow baseball, so I didn't, you know, know who he was, but it's fine. Um, and, uh, and so she introduced us and really like we went on a date and the rest is history. So we dated, uh, for about five years before we ended up getting married. So, um, we met in 2006 and then um we ended up getting married in 2011 so once we got married i finished my year actually in at trinity um in 2011 to 2012 and then after that um i was actually at that time pregnant and i finished out my season and like seven months you know all the way up until seven months i was coaching and then flew out to georgia and um ended up having my family in um in georgia but um, yeah, so I started there and I took some time off and my husband was playing still at the time and um, a little bit here and there. And so, um, you know, I took some time off and I didn't know where, which path I wanted to go. So as I'm starting my family, do I want to stay in college and, you know, what, what sacrifices am I willing to make? And, um, you know, and I just felt like, for me, um, I don't like to miss anything. I, I just don't like to miss anything. And so um, I just knew at that time that I, I college was probably not going to be my route. And um, so I went into uh, teaching. So I had gotten my master's degree while I was in um, at uh, Sam Houston State. And I decided to uh, look at some colleges around the area. And so I actually had gotten hired on part time at Atlanta Metropolitan College. And I started teaching there. And then like not even a year later, Kennesaw State University um, was looking for uh, an instructor. And so in 2014, so I went, I interviewed and I got the job. And, um, and so I've actually been at Kennesaw State uh, since 2014 as a lecturer. And so um, I, I teach in our coaching minor, which is about to be our coaching major. Um, and I teach, it's our health promotion and physical education, uh, department. Well, it's actually health, physical activity, leadership. Now we've changed the name, but, um, and yeah. And so I've just been there. And then all of a sudden I randomly, somebody's like, I think you should, you know, will you come out and, you know, help us with our softball team? And I was like, yeah, yeah. sure. I'll give a couple, you know, <laughs> I'll give some, I'll come out, make an appearance. That's great. And then before you know it, I'm, you know, coaching the middle school team at Pace. And I'm like, how did I get here? And then I loved it. And so, you know, I did that for two years. And then, um, you know, the coach was leaving. And I was like, oh, I will never do varsity. Like, no way. Like, mm -hmm. that's just way more time. <laughs> Before you know it, I'm coaching the varsity team at Pace. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I get here? And so, and I'm enjoying that. And um, so, yeah, so it's just kind of, you know, uh, happened that way and then before you knew it my daughter we, we put her in everything and she's wanted to play all the sports and um you know she really loves softball and so I'm not patient and so when she was doing youth and and rec my husband I you know signed him up as coach because he's our patient one and so he coached her all through rec and I was like well when you're serious if you still like it and you feel like you really really love it and you want to play travel ball I'll step in and so well, she really loved it, and here we are. <laughs> Playing coaching travel ball. So yeah. you you didn't been from you didn't been to every level, you know. You yes. So like, how is it? How what what's the difference? You know that you see from the time that you started coaching 
until now, like the technology and just just anything that you see that's different yeah. from then to now? Yeah, well, definitely the technology. You know, there's things that, you know, we pay attention to now that not necessarily that we really didn't pay attention to. Even when I was coaching college, there just wasn't a lot of, um, you know, talking about exit velo and all those things. Like, it's just, it wasn't a thing. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, going back and watching film and your your hitting and, and all those things. Like it's just so that's changed a great deal. Um but in terms of like the players, like even from when I coached college to, you know, travel ball, um, it's the girls I've just really had have had really great experiences. I mean, they're passionate. Um, I think for me, uh, private school has been a little bit different. I coach varsity at, at a private school mm-hmm. and, um, their, um, that group that I have is a little different than maybe a college, the college that I, I taught, uh, coach that. And even my travel ball girls, because at, at the private school, not as many players aspire to play in college, the private school that I'm, I'm at not as many girls aspire to play in college. And so um, the intensity is a little bit different and my standards still the same. And so, um, you know, but it's, we just have less players that aspire to play at the next level. And so, you know, my job is to coach them and help them develop to the best of their abilities. And so, um, you know, that's my mentality there. Uh, But with my 10U team, they are just, this is probably my favorite group because they all want to play college like they're playing travel ball right so it's like when you're playing travel ball that means you're serious like you're you're serious (laughs) and you're ready to receive what I have to give and so and that includes my intensity and my passion and so um so yeah so I'm very hard I but I'm fair uh but and I have standards really high standards and they just rise like they they really um they respond to me and because although I'm hard, um, I love big too. And so they feel that like, they feel that I genuinely love them Mm -hmm. and, um, and they, they just work hard for me. It's just really fun and uh, cool to see. And just because they want to play at the next level they're they really do work hard and work for it. And so it's just, for me, this is my group. Like this is my favorite group because, of their passion and then their, how they receive me. Um, it's just inspiring. And it's just what I just live for right now. It's just everything. I'm just so passionate about that. It seems like you like really like coaching this thing. No. I really, I really do. Like we are, we're just high level, but, mm-hmm. um, and that's what I love is that the parent, like, I have such a good group of parents, they allow me to coach their kids. And, um, and that's hard to find. And because, you know, especially this day and age, which is also different from where I, when I came up, you know, parents were like, hands off, like, go ahead. I mean, I had coaches yelling in my face and just, you know, it was hard nosed and we took it and it was just like, okay, we take it and, you know, like listen to the words and not the tone almost, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you just like suck the tears back in your face, like get it together. And so, you know, but this day and age, you have so many parents that won't allow you to do that. They don't want their kid to, to fail and they don't want their kid to, to feel pain or to be upset. And, 
Um, you know, you can't, kids can't grow and learn and get better if you don't allow a good coach that knows what they're doing, not just somebody that's just yelling and berating their kids. Like, I don't condone that. But a coach that is passionate about your kid learning, growing, and helping them to get net, to get just to, to get better and, and mm-hmm. to help them reach their dreams. And when you find a coach like that, you got to allow them to coach your kid, you know, yeah. the way that they know how to coach their kid. So, oh, and I've just been really blessed to have um, a group of parents that get that, you know, that truly get that. And that's why uh, I'm so passionate because I know what this game provided me. I know what it did for me um, and all the things that I've learned from it. I want to be able to, I just feel like I have so much knowledge and so much to give uh, that I want to be able to help this next generation that wants to learn and that wants to get better and achieve their goals. I want to be a part of their journey uh, of getting there, you know? And so I'm just super passionate about it. So if you can't tell. (laughs) Yes. Oh yeah. I can tell. (laughs) Yes. You know, I mean, you coach. Uh, you know, we we went. Um, I don't. I don't know if I. I probably. I don't know if I've seen you. Um, we went to the the PGF. My daughter plays for the the Hustle National 2012 oh, team. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, you guys were just there. Yeah. yeah. In okay. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing Hustle. That's yeah. right. That's yeah, awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't get a chance to see you guys play though. We were like opposite schedules. I do know yeah, that. Yeah, it was it was off. It was really off. You know, I was yeah. trying to get, you know, a few interviews too with, you know, yeah. to put on the YouTube and stuff, but it's it's yeah. hard. It's hard, it like, is hard to, you know, catch and then at sometimes I'm like, I don't really want to bother the coaches, you know, they yeah. in the in the in the zone. So Yeah. But I mean it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, I get it. So, mm-hmm. but I, yeah, I definitely appreciate appreciate this opportunity. I love doing stuff like this, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's fun yeah. for me. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, you have really good stories, and you know, story to tell, and and it's it's good for people to to hear stories yeah. from all the different coaches. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, playing over there in like, how, how was the the competition level? Do y'all have to travel? a lot to yeah. play good competition or y'all have competition close by well we have competition close by but what happens is we end up playing each other a hundred times so it's like we have to travel so you know mainly for us this year um being second year tenure that's why i was like i hate second year tenure like it's just <laughs> you know it's just so many things that i feel like are wrong with second year tenure like i just it's it, it, starting with the distance but i won't even go there but anyway <laughs> Um, yeah, we have to travel. Like we had to travel this Louisiana. We've been to Alabama, Tennessee. Um, for our nationals, we're gonna go to um to Branson, Missouri. And so um in order to get like the teams that are from all over, like we just wanna play like teams that are just really good, like the best of the best, and you know, from around different states. And so in order for us to be able to do that, yeah, we had to we had to travel a good bit this year. But next year um, being first year 12U, we won't have to travel as much. Like we'll, we'll do like maybe one tournament that's um, a little bit further, but we'll stay pretty local. Um, meaning we'll probably still go to Tennessee and, you know, do a, do a world series in Alabama. I mean, all those are super close. So it's nothing okay. that is, um, yeah, it's like a two hour, you know, two Lost hour stuff. from, from either way, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So no. it's not, it's not, uh, it's not too, too far, but we won't go to like Ruston or, 
um, you know, yeah. we won't yeah. do Missouri again or nothing like that. So, mm. okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, you, you spoke on you being, being a catcher, like what made, what made you choose that position knowing that you have, you know, you're going to have to put in extra, extra work. Like what made you choose being a catcher? Well, it was, I think I was like eight or nine and um, it was right when we first started pitching underhand and the coach didn't have a catcher. Like there, nobody could catch the ball. And at the time I was playing shortstop and a little bit of third base. And um, I just told my mom, Hey, I just want to catch. Like, I mean, nobody can catch and um, you know, maybe can I try it? And my mom's like, yeah, go ahead and try it. And I did it and I just loved it. I was like, okay, like this, is my jam like I get to be in every single play mm. you know and this is probably before it got super hot and I knew better but um <laughs> you know at that point I was too deep so I was like well it is what it is <laughs> but, but when, when I first started I was just like man this is the jam like I get to be in every single pitch like you know every single play like I get to see the whole field and I get to you know direct traffic and um, and this was too, though, before I really knew what it was to be a catcher and a leader. I just liked being back there. You know, I just liked being there and catching the balls that, you know, every pitch and um, just getting to be involved in every play. And then the more I did it and the more I learned about the position and the value of it and what exactly it entailed, I, I grew to love it more. And so I was like, all right, I like this. I get to be the boss. I get to do this. I get to do all these things, you know, and so. Um, the more I learned about the position, the more I loved it. And so, yes, it was hot and, you know, grimy, but, um, I just, I just grew to love it the more I did it. Mm -hmm. And explain like the work ethic, you know, as you're getting older and you, you know, yeah. you're learning different ways to move all the, the pop-up times and, and yeah. all this, you know, different things like, you know, as so once you, once you get recruited to college, do your pop-up time have to be a certain time, you know, or, or how, do, how does that work? Yeah. And it, just as I was training and, you know, I had really good coaches coming up and as I was training, it was always your pop time needs to be under two seconds. Like it needs to be from glove to glove under two. And so that was just something that I would always work on and learning how to, um, you know, I would go to camps and learning how to, you know, throw for my feet and, you know, being quick with my transitions and, um, you know, and then getting to go. And, and a lot of it I learned too when I was in college and also when I was playing like outside, like as I continue to play, I can, I constantly was learning. I, I, even when I played for the USA team um, and we had to go to camps and things like that, like I learned a lot there too and learning how to be quick and, um, you know, just uh, learning how to be a leader. I think that was the biggest thing as I started to, uh, before I was really getting recruited, was learning how to be a leader. And, you know, coaches look for that. They look for a catcher that, you know, I mean, even then body language and going out and, you know, talking to your pitchers and talking, going out to the front of the plate and calling the outs and being vocal and just making yourself noticed because as a catcher, we don't get noticed. And so what are you doing to get noticed? And so, you know, blocking, making great plays behind the plate, like, what are you doing? And so for me, blocking was probably my biggest asset. I was a really good blocker. Um, so not a lot got by me. And so that was, um, and that, I think that just came with just, I, I, 
was just, I was very quick. And so that just kind of came natural for me. And so as I got older, coaches would see, dang, like she's really good at blocking and not letting balls go by, you know, and pitchers liked to throw to me because of that. And um, so I think just as I continued to get older and learn, um, I kind of learned what came with it. Like what, what are the, what are the, what are the assets? What is, what's, um, what's most valuable. So as a catcher, yes, you need to have good pop time, but really you need to be a good leader. You need to know how to block and you know how to frame. And, um, you know, those are the main things that if you can do those and you can, you can lead, you can block, you can frame everything else kind of you'll, yes, it's important to have good pop time. Yes, it is. Um, but if you can stand out with those things, everything else kind of falls into place. Uh, that's, I could never do none of that. I couldn't do it. <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't be a catcher. I couldn't. Like, I literally, man, like, from the start when my they wanted my daughter to be a catcher. She's a, you know, a bigger girl. And, yeah. you know, she have a good arm. And they tried it, and she did what I would have done. She cried the whole I time. I died. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. is so funny. And, and that was the last time she ever put the catcher. <laughs> <laughs> that was the oh last time. Oh, my gosh. But, that you know, is just, so funny. Yeah, like, oh it's, just, it's just catchers. Like, that, that's a lot of work. That's it's just yeah. that's all I see when I see catchers. Like, yeah, like, man, you know, but. Yeah, I say that. Catchers are a different breed. Like, a true catcher is just a different breed. They just really are. I mean, it's just, in my opinion, it's hard to – it is a hard position to play because it takes a special person. Just, I mean, just equally as a pitcher, but it's just different. You're different. It's just a different breed altogether. Mm -hmm. So, you know, growing up, you know, you have – you use softball. Softball, you know, how did you – you balance out your academic work with softball. And I know A&M had some classes you had to take that was out of this world. So yeah. how did you, how did you balance that out? Well, it was hard. Um, my coach, but she stayed on me. Like my coach sent class checkers. So I had class checkers. I, um, well, we had study halls. Um, you know, I had, I struggled in math. And so um, I was required like I had to go and stay after and get extra help there. And, um, you know, anytime, cause we did, we had, we had in the fall, we had two days. So we had our strength and conditioning at 6am and then we'd have practice in the, you know, afternoons or the evenings. And so we had to get our classes in between then. And then, you know, after practice in the evening, we had to go to a study hall. And so, um, you know, what's great about college, which is different than I think, you know, when you're younger, college, they really do make sure that you stay on top of your academics because they need you, right? Like they need you to um, in order to play. So that's what you're there for. So they make sure that, okay, we have all these systems in place so that you don't fail. And so that's, what I think is great about at least a good institution, right? A good college that has a good program that, you know, plays, you know, places emphasis on athletics, but also academics. And um, they really are one in the same when, 
you're you have to you you have to meet the grade in order to play and if your coach wants you to compete for them like they need to make sure that you know you're they're staying on top of you too so when you get to college i think it's actually easier because your time is kind of managed for you and so um even when you go on the road you have study halls and things like that so um i think it was harder i think it was harder when i was younger like in high school um you know, I, I have, you know, practice and school ball, and then I would have practice with my travel ball. And, you know, then I'd have to stay up late and study and then, you know, stay after school some days for, um, you know, for some tutoring or extra help. And um, so I think that was harder, but I also had, you know, parents that were really good at staying on top of, you know, making sure that I stayed on top of my grades and, um, for us, you know, C's were unacceptable. And so, no. uh, you know, I had to, I had to maintain that. But after a while, my parents were just like, okay, you know, in math, they're like, look, look, listen, <laughs> we need you to pass <laughs> this math class. So you go talk to your teachers, do all the things. Like, if you get a C, we're, we don't, we're not accepting that. But if you've done all that you can, and that's what you come up with, then. That's what you come up with. <laughs> If if you've done all the things and that's the grade you get, then, you know, you will will, will be okay. But yeah, but that wasn't until like after I already got my scholarship, you know, like coming up, but, you know, freshman, you know, you're especially freshman year, like you have to, you know, come out strong with a strong GPA because if you don't start out strong, it's hard to um, get your grade point average up. So it's like freshman year, you got to establish you know, sophomore year, you start building. And then, you know, obviously, you want to maintain that. But, you know, for for me, and this was, you know, back then, I say back then, because, you know, at that time, once we had, once I had my scholarship, it's like, okay, well, you still need to like finish and and graduate and finish. I mean, and I was a good student. um, But math was always just really hard for me. So I had to work extra hard um, to get a B in math. So... Mm, dang. Dang. And yeah, that's it's my, a lot that's and that's why people stuff. can't yeah and that's what people say like being a student athlete is hard and that's why not everybody can do it you know right. it's a hard thing and not everybody can can do that yeah that's why you know you see a lot of them yeah they go go and next thing you know you see them man what happened and um, yeah just couldn't I mean, you know it it yeah. yep it does mm-hmm. unfortunately yep it does so um who who was your 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 role model Claire, like your role model growing up To be honest I didn't have a role model softball player and it, I mean it's sad to say but like growing up it just wasn't as popular at that time like it wasn't something that was on TV and it wasn't you know like now it's televised like all the time you know and then it wasn't it wasn't I didn't get to see people that look like me. I didn't really get to see a lot of softball players on TV. So I didn't have anybody that, you know, I really looked to be like or anything like that. It was more, you know, I was playing the sport because, you know, my mom played and she knew the sport. And so she wanted us to, you know, be active. And, you know, so we played all the sports and that was the one that I ended up being really good at and that I really loved. And to be honest, my favorite sport was volleyball. I loved volleyball. That was like, 
you know, I had gotten offers, but they were smaller schools. And so it was like division two schools, which is nothing wrong with that. But you have, I had to decide, okay, what do I want to play division two and volleyball? I do love the sport or do I want to play at a high level division one? And I'm really good at it. And I do love it. Um, you know, kind of what's my path. And so, um, but I really loved volleyball and I liked basketball too, but, um, you know, I played travel volleyball for, for quite some time. Um, but that was my first, first passion. And then, um, but to be honest, I just didn't have anybody, you know, because I, we just, it wasn't as popular then. So, which is unfortunate, which is so cool now to see <laughs> how much the sport has grown. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the fact that even as I was playing and, you know, they didn't have uh, the fact that the inaugural year of the professional league was, you know, right when I was finishing college. So I got to continue playing and um, which was cool. And to see that it's grown more, you know, you have the WPF, which basically took the place of the NPF, but the NPF just disbanded recently. And then you have our, you know, the Athletes Unlimited, which is really mm -hmm. cool. So you have two, you know, these avenues that now the girls can aspire to go to and, um, you know, college and, and getting NILs. We couldn't, we didn't have that then either. And so, you know, that's something that is a little dicey, if you ask me. But, <laughs> you know, these are things that are accessible right now. I think at some point NILs will either fizzle or they'll put some more restrictions on it. Mm -hmm. um, but right now, like, this is what they have, you yeah. know, which is cool to see that it's growing. Yeah, it's, it's good. But NILs, is they are crazy. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. 100. Yeah. It is insane. Yeah. There's so many things with that that I just have so many opinions about, but um, like good for them, but there's so yeah. many, there's just not enough boundaries in place for it to be a good thing for them right now. You know, it's just, there's just not enough. Um, there's just not enough boundaries. So I think that's kind of what, I think that's where the issues are kind of um, coming into play where now they're going to have to, some things are going to be, have to be put in place to kind of control some of this stuff. So. Yes. But, yeah. They, yeah. yeah it's, they have to, cause they just yeah. giving it just like yeah, from you. Okay. Come get it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 100. Yeah. 100%. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. So, yeah, you know, coaching the, coaching the younger, the younger girls, like giving them everything all the knowledge and everything you know that you know and you know making sure they develop into great softball players but not just that you know great women outside yeah. of softball like how how important is it to you to make sure they are great women it's everything that's it's what i like that's my it's what I ride on. And I don't, I don't even just teach softball. Like we do mental training. We, we learn about like failure and I talk to them about failure. A lot of kids don't know how to deal with adversity. So it's like they fail and you know, you get the tears or they start, you see, start, you see them breaking down on the field and it's like, no, no, no. Like I'm very, we talk about it. Um, I'm very strict with, you know, you get seven seconds to recuperate. Like you, if you strike out, you come in the dugout, you get seven seconds to get your mind right, sit on the bench, take, you know, seven deep breaths and tell yourself all the good things. And we, we really do practice this. We do, we write in our journals, but we, we talk about how to deal with how, how to control your emotions and, 
you know, understanding that the game we play is a failing game. And so no matter what, you are going to fail. And so teaching them what that means and then teaching them, okay, now how do I brush it off and how do I move forward? Because if you're going to wallow, you only get so much time. And the reason I say seven seconds is because beyond too much more beyond that, you're not coming back. Like there's no, you're not recovering. You will stay down there and you're then you're no longer able to be productive. And so, you know, you need to be able to be productive as a teammate, as a player, but like well beyond that, when you're learning these skills at 10, like this is one of the hardest things you're going to master is the mental game. It's one of the hardest things you're ever going to have to do because it's in everything in all phases of life. And so if they can learn how to control their emotions, how to deal with failure, how to, um, you know, be a good teammate and you're learning these things at 10 and you're, you can then, as you get older, cause it only gets harder. They're learning these skills. These are life skills because at some point I tell them you're going to be done. Like, Softball's going to be over. So how do you learn how to compete for a job? How do you learn how to not get that job, but continue to move forward and fight for something else? Like, how do you improve your game so that now you have another skill so that when you go back to that job, you can say, this is what I've added to my, to my, you know, resume. So, you know, just really teaching that is everything for me because those are the skills that I learned. And, um, you know, to be able to teach that to at this age, and for them to understand it, like they're getting it now. Now, do they have they mastered it? No, absolutely not. But they know they understand it. You know, they know yeah. that that's part yeah. of the game. And then and then when they do fall, like they're like, OK, I'm, I got to control my emotions. Like I give them a look and they're like, OK, let me get it back together. Like, let me get my mind right. You know, and they know that like I got to get my mind right right now. Like I can't keep wallowing. And so. Um, it's everything. It's everything. It's my whole foundation of why I coach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, like th- this is a sport of, of failure. And, you know, after a certain time, you know, after a certain certain amount of times that these girls, you know, they'll have errors and, and stuff like you, you know, you see it. Heads go down, like you said, body language. Yeah. What's, what's something that you tell your girls once you see their body language change and stuff like that get your mind right as soon as i say get your mind right they snap back into formation (laughs) i mean their shoulders go back their head goes up and they suck the tears magically back in their face like it's the (laughs) and i'll text some parents and i'm like i've never seen tears dry up on somebody's face so fast (laughs) as i did your kid today because you know all i have to tell them and I'm not even joking. All I have to say to them is as soon as I see it, get your mind right. And they do. They 100% do. And their whole body language changes because they know my standard and my expectation because we talk about it. Like we, we really talk about it and we go over this in practice. And so it's not a surprise to them. You know, it's, it's not me. I'm not, I'm not surprised that their shoulders are dropping or they're having body language. I'm not surprised by it because they're 10. But as soon as I say, get your mind right, they know, okay, like, get my mind right. Like, I got to get my shoulders back. I got to get my, you know, flip that. I tell them, you got to flip that switch. You don't have time. Like, we don't have time for all this. Like, you need to get your mind right so that you can be productive. And so they know that's the words that I use. And it's like, okay, it's go time. And I love it. 
Like, I just love it. <laughs> that's, that's, that's good. That's good. Because, you know, you. So that's good you have good parents, though, that, you know, let you coach the kids because a lot of parents, they can't. They, they wanted they their kid to be there. They just, and they yeah. can't take it. The kids they is okay, cannot. but the yep. parents can't take it. Yeah. And I don't even allow my parents to come in the dugout. You're not allowed to talk to your kid. You're not allowed to come to my dugout. Like they, if you are trusting me to be their coach, you are not allowed to coach them. You're not allowed to come and talk to them. They don't need you. Like I can't do my job. If you're coming to the dugout, consoling them or telling them all the things you want them to know, mm-hmm. that is my job. Like, I know all the things that I need to know to help them. Let me do my job. And so um, I tell my parents that, like, you cannot come to the dugout. Don't don't ask your kid questions. None of that. Like, now, between games, if you want to have a conversation with them and you want to tell them all the things you need them to know, <laughs> then go ahead and have at it. Like, tell them all the things. But as soon as they come into my dugout and it's game time, no. So – Um, you know, I, I, but the thing is I've set my culture and I set my standard early. So my parents understand what you're walking into. You understand my culture and my, um, my boundaries. And so, you know what you're getting. And so there's no surprises whenever I hold to that, or I say something because you already knew that this is my standard and my culture. So, um, and I find that that helps. You know, if I set that early and everybody knows what they're getting into and they know I'm a straight shooter, like I don't beat around bushes, I'm matter of fact. And so they know they're getting that with me. And so um, if you're going to ask me a question, you know, it needs to be 24 hours after we're done with the tournament and just be prepared for for the truth. And so, um, you know, I think that that is something that parents respect and, um and really have like towed the line. And it just makes everything so much easier. It really does. It just makes my job easier, but it makes it easier for the players. You know, that all they have to do is they, they listen to me, like me and my coach, like they know that this is our standard. You, this is what you need to be doing. And you hear, you listen for my voice. And you know, if you have questions, you come to me. So um, it just takes away the confusion too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, exactly. I I help coach. I help coach hate your team. So okay, I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. Parents there, it's hard for them. You know, it's like it's a very hard thing, and especially if parents, because a lot of parents, you know, coach their kids young, and so to have to release them to someone else is hard. It's it's a hard thing to do, and I I get that. Like I'm I'm a parent, so I 100% get that. Um, but I, uh, it's still, it's still a standard and a, and a culture that I've set and you got to fall in line, you know, if, if this is going to work. I hear that. I hear that. Um, so what do you think are some of the most important qualities for a soft successful softball player? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing is just mental stability. Like, just be mentally tough. I mean, your skills, like work ethic, all of those things, like being coachable, work ethic, um, you know, are important. But also making sure that you're, like, mentally, you're taking care of your mental game. And this is not just, you know, not just only your successes. It's you got to understand that 
failure is part of the game, but it's part of life. And so I think if you can really understand what that means and you understand how to deal with that, I think that is what really makes a successful player is somebody that is mentally strong, um, uh, mentally sound, I should say, because you're not always going to feel strong. You're not always going to be the best player and you're not always going to be your best self. And you're not always going to be telling yourself all these positive things. Like there's going to be times on uh, when you're struggling and your negative things creep in your mind, but how do you combat that, you know, and learning. And once you learn to master that and learn how to do that, that really is, those are the best players. Those are probably the elite level players are the ones that can handle and master that. Um, and it's not going to be without failure because you're, I mean, it, that's the hardest thing to master, but it's knowing that you're constantly working on that part of your game that is going to continue to help you rise. And so obviously work ethic is important in being coachable, but that to me is the biggest component. Okay. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference, like, from going from high school softball to college softball? Um, probably just the independence. You know, you're kind of on your own. So it's like you don't have mom and dad, you know, telling you what your schedule is and what time you got to be here and when you got to be there and making sure you got all your stuff. It's like you are – you got to be responsible for your things. You don't have your equipment. You, you're not playing, you know, and – um, you know, just making sure that it, it's the independence, I think is probably the hardest thing. And especially if you are going away from home, um, not having that, uh, constant, like, you know, being able to, well, I can just drive home. And I think a lot of times, um, kids are scared of that and they are afraid to leave home because they think they can't, um, they can't manage. And to be honest, that's where my biggest growth happened was being away from home. And there was times where I was calling home and saying, come get me. But my <laughs> uh, mom, she just was like, no, like you, you can do this. Like we will come visit. Like you write it out. You made it. A... Okay. Keep working. Like and they would just, you know, it, to have the support system, I think is huge. Um, but the biggest transition I think is, is probably independence. Okay. So what, as a, as a coach, like what's one thing that, you know, that you feel that you might need to work on as being a better coach? Well, you know, I'm constantly learning. And so I don't think I know, I think, I think the best coaches are always seeking to be better. And so for me, it's, you know, just making sure I'm keeping up with like the growing, the growth of the game, you know, and so continuing to make sure that I do that um, and uh, making sure that I am coaching to the kid. And so, you know, at, when I first started, I think my biggest, um, probably my biggest struggle was I only knew one way. And so I wasn't willing to adapt to other players. And so as I've grown as a coach, that's something that I've gotten better at, but that's also still something that I need to continue to work on to be better at um, is understanding what type of players need certain type of 
pushing or when they need to be, you know, you to back off, me to back off a little bit and give them more nurture and, you know, but still making sure that that standard is still there. And so still, I think I just continue to strive for that balance of making sure that I'm, I'm getting the best out of that player, you know, because everybody's different. And so um, I think for me, that's something that I continue to strive to be better at. Okay. Now, what is something that you think you do better at? Like, what is your biggest strength as a coach? Um, probably being able to get the best out of players because of my standards. So I set high standards, but um, I think something that I, although I'm really, really tough, something I do really well is that I also um, – show them that I love them. Like they genuinely feel that I care about them. And so, um, you know, they know, like I'll joke with them a little bit and obviously there's a time and a place, but, um, you know, like they see that I'm human. And so, you know, I've allowed them to see that side of me so that, um, so that whenever I am demanding the hard stuff, they also know that it's because I care and I know what they're capable of, um, that I push so hard, and then it makes them want to continue to work hard. And so I just feel like I do a really good job at um, getting the best out of my players. Okay. Okay. So um, I, I have, I always, I like to ask this, do this little scene here. So me and my daughter is, is walking up to, you have this, and she only plays second base. That's 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 the only spot she have ever played. What will you what would be your response after that? So so is she so is she coming to join my practice? Yeah, like like she's coming for yes, to join your practice. Okay. And maybe maybe even try out like to make your team as you having an open practice. Okay. So okay, so I'm gonna start. <laughs> okay, my response is okay, go ahead and go to second base. And then we'll get going with our drills and I usually will do some reps and stuff. And then I'll be like, all right, go to shortstop. So I throw over to shortstop and then I'll say, all right, go to, go to outfield. And so even though a kid's only played one position, they will absolutely at my practice be going into other positions because I don't, I'm, we don't, we're not specializing um, at our age group. And so you may be really good at second base, but you're going to be a little bit more versatile on my team. So what's going to happen is you're going to, I'm going to move you around to other positions to see where else I think that you would fit. So you, the player would not just be at second base. So I'll put them over at second and then, or at shortstop. Um, and then a little bit of outfield too. So um, that's kind of how I would mm-hmm. work that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd that... say as long as you got your face mask, you'll be all right. You'll be over to shortstop. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know, um, you know, you know, Texas, like all the girls, you know, they wear face masks, you know, over there. Yeah. But then we played against some California teams over there. Man, yeah. that's some brave girls because them, them fielders don't come out there with face masks. Exactly. And I had some girls that do the same. And I had a, my shortstop who also plays second base. She wasn't wearing a face mask and she's smooth as butter. Like she's just so good on defense. But I would notice that she would also flinch some. And I'd be like, if you flinch one more time, you're going to put a face mask on. 
And sure enough, she flinched. Like, go put a face mask on mm-hmm. your face mask. And, you know, like the fields are just so, you, you can't, especially when you're playing dirt, it's just the fields yeah. right now, you know, it, it's just playing the bad hop. And, you know, like at this age, you're just not quite there yet in terms of skilled and reaction time to always be able to save your face. So it's like, just wear the mask. Like as you get older and you get more comfortable and all that, like, yeah, you can start getting rid of the mask. But like at this age, like if you're flinching ever, you're going to wear a mask on my team. So outfield, no, but infield, like if you're flinching at all, (laughs) like you're about to put a mask on. So, you know, that's I can't. So yeah, that's the one thing I make sure that's inside those bags. The face mask. You can leave your glove. I don't care. Just. Don't, don't forget your face mask. <laughs> Somebody exactly. might have an extra, extra glove. Exactly. But no, I have a girl on my team who broke her nose, not from not wearing a face mask, but she broke her nose and we had practice yesterday and one of my players forgot her face mask. And my player's like, I got an extra one. I was like, I know you do. You probably got about five in there after you broke your nose. <laughs> like, right. You're hey. not taking that chance again. Oh, no, man. That's, no, that's, that's not yeah, good. That's exactly. not good. Right? So um, what, what advice would you give to a, a young, like a 10 player that's, that would tell you, you know, I want to make it to play softball, college softball and even professional softball? What what advice would you give this little girl? Yeah, work hard. Um, they that's absolutely attainable. One hundred percent. Work hard. Um, you know, make sure that nothing stands in your in the way of your goals. Like, there's a lot of things that as when you play at the high level that you will miss out on. But there's also fun along the way. And so, some of your best friends, you're going to learn a lot of things. But some of your best friends are going to come from this game. So continue to play it if you love it. Work hard. Um, as you continue to get older, you'll continue to work on your body language and don't be afraid to fail. So no matter what, at the end of the day, it's through failure that is going to cause that will develop growth. And so continue to give a hundred percent effort, um, without fear of failure, because when there's fear of failure, you don't give a hundred percent and you'll never know what you're capable of. So go out there, give a hundred percent effort and continue just to work hard towards your goals and it will it is 100% attainable is exactly what I would say <laughs> okay okay now what's up what's some advice you would give you right now would give your younger self um probably maybe not be so hard on myself I was really hard on myself um you know but at the end of the day, I don't, I can't say that that being hard on myself isn't, I don't know if if I wasn't hard on myself, I don't know if I would have gotten to the place that I got to. Um, But I was really um, like, I took after, like, if I didn't have my best game, I took it really hard. And so um, although I didn't cry during a game, if I didn't give my best, if I felt like my, I didn't play to my full potential, like there'd be tears after the game and I would just be really upset. And, and to be quite honest, I I don't know really what my advice would be because I'm still that way. I still, (laughs) if I don't get my outcome, I'm still really upset. I lose sleep over it. I, you know, get quiet and, you know, it's like constantly trying to figure out how I can be better. And so, um, you know, I think, 
maybe enjoy the process. I don't really know. Like, I just feel like as, as my older self telling my younger self, it, it would probably, yes, be just kind of not to be so hard on yourself. Continue to work hard, but give yourself some grace. Um, it's kind of probably what I would say. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, that's good, you know, cause I mean, I guess it was a little, so it was so different, you know, it was, back yes. then, like, back yes. then it was just the most of the time figure it out now. Yeah. They got all these lessons and you know, all yeah. this, all this good stuff. I mean, yeah. and then maybe they had it, but I mean, it was my family. It was go outside and play. You yeah. do whatever you need to do outside. I don't have yeah. time to be taking, you know. <laughs> and we, and actually growing up, we didn't really have that. Like, there wasn't anybody that was, re- I mean, not really, not like now, you know. Yeah, it, everybody. It wasn't. It, yeah, I mean, we did little <laughs> camps here and there, but like, it wasn't like you had some player that was a really, you know, a good college player then now coming and giving lessons. Like, there was nothing like that, you know, growing up. So, like you said, it was like, figure it out. You know, like make it work. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So down to the, the final question that I have, um, who would you like to hear on the podcast? But your answer to the question, you would have to help me get your answer on the, the podcast. I would have to help you get what? The, you would have My to answer? help me get oh. your answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That's a pressure question. That's my magical, Uh, my magical uh, question. Oh my goodness. Um, let me think. There's so many good people that, um, I, okay. One of my favorite people, well, there's a couple, but, um, I would probably say one of my really good friends would either be, uh, Trina Peel, who I, we played with at, um, I played with on the USA team and she is now the head coach at, um, Campbell, uh, university, um, or my friend, Aya McMichael, who is, um, she's also, she, well, she's a coach, but out in Dallas area. Um, but she is going to be coaching the, she coaches the USA, um, uh, 15, the 15 uh, U team that is okay. the USA national team out there. Yeah. So, um, so either of them probably would be great uh, people to have. And, and I is super passionate like me. And so she, her and I are a lot alike that way, but um, she probably has some good stories too, that um, would be a good interviewer. So, yeah. And I, I'm happy to help with uh, either one of those. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, whenever, once I drop this out and then we can, okay. we can work on that. That sounds <laughs> good. No, that sounds good. Yeah. Thank you so much for this. This was fun. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so I appreciate you, you know, for your time, you know, we had to, you know, we got it done, had to do what we had to do to get yes. it done. But exactly. at the end of the day, we got it done. And, and I really appreciate you for your time. Yes, of course. And I'm sure I'll be, uh, maybe I'll meet you out on the, on the trails uh, on the field, at yeah. some we're, point. Yep. Yeah, we'll be in, I think in April, I think they said they was doing a 11U now okay. in April. Yes. Yeah, okay. in, in Tennessee. Yep, yep. So yep. We'll yeah, we'll probably be at that be one too. Yeah, All right. We'll, we'll be there. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Oh, yes. Thank you. All right. You take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. I thank my boy, Mike Estrada, for getting the logo right. So all my small business owners, 
If y'all need some logos, y'all hit up my boy Mike, man. I'll let my boy Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So y'all speed and agility, y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent, go follow his page on Facebook, GTZ Window Tent, and, and hit him up. Man, y'all get them appointments in. Levi's reads some more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. You know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's Mobile Detailing, just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up and we ready to get some work in, all of us.